Welcome to Recovery Plus Podcast. Fuck yesterday, focus on today. I'm your host, Dr. Mainly Hannon. Here, we celebrate and honor people in recovery one conversation at a time. Let's talk. Welcome back. This is episode 56. I'm your host, Dr. Mainly Hennon, and I'm honored to introduce my next guest, Charlotte Doherty. Charlotte's life journey is one of resilience, compassion, and unwavering dedication to helping others. Charlotte is the founder of the Spirit Horse Therapeutic Writing Center in the San Francisco Bay Area. Despite a challenging upbringing that included trauma, addiction, and prison, she has emerged as a beacon of hope. Her mission is clear, to empower marginalized communities through the healing power of second chance horses. A lifelong writer and horse enthusiast, Charlotte's love for these majestic creatures began at the age of five. She's competed in various writing disciplines, embracing all styles. Charlotte's impact goes beyond writing. With 30 years of teaching experience to people of all ages and abilities, she holds certifications from Spirit Horse International, the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship, and Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. These credentials ensure that she offers safe and effective writing experiences. Join us as we explore Charlotte's inspiring journey and the transformative work she's doing through Spirit Horse. It's a story of strength, compassion, and the profound influence of horses in changing lives. Take a listen. Well, welcome, Charlotte. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, let's dive right in. I, you know, we got to talk a little bit before, but I would love to hear a little more detail about what life was like before recovery. Before recovery. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, was that a nightmare kind (laughs) of. Yeah. I started uh, using when I was about 16 and it just kind of spiraled out of control continuously. I got clean when I was pregnant with my daughter, I had her when I was 21. So around that time I got clean just long enough to have her and then went right back to using again. Mm-hmm. What was your drug of choice? Well, then it was cocaine mm-hmm. crack. And then as well, I did meth also, mm-hmm. but kind of that era right there, uh, her dad did crack and that was kind of my thing at that point also. Mm-hmm. So. I went back to using after I had her right after I had her, like this, I'm telling you the the day I came home from the hospital uh-huh. and I was, I was getting high again. And so kept on for like, probably when she was about four months old, I was like, I had my mom take her because mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't do it. And I sat there and I just kept on a path of self-destruction mm-hmm. and When she was about three years old, I finally made the choice where, okay, this is it. I'm going to get clean. Mm -hmm. Um, This wasn't working for me. And I left her dad and I I cleaned up and did some meetings and stuff. And, uh, oh, to kind of go back, Mm -hmm. I actually, when I was about 18, I had gotten a job on the Mare Island Naval Shipyard. And they had sat there and offered me, they, they really liked me and they wanted to keep me. Mm-hmm. And, but they were like, let us send you to a program. And I was like, why? 
You're good, <laughs> I right? Don't have a problem. I I didn't I I hadn't I didn't even understand mm-hmm. that there was something wrong with me at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I you know that's not me. Mm-hmm. But when I got clean, when my daughter was three, then I was like, okay, yeah, this mm-hmm. I I need to do something different. And I went to some meetings and stuff. Got clean. Met my ex husband. And, you know, got with him, he like worked and stuff. So productive life. But then when I was, so I married him when I was like 24, 25. Mm -hmm. And then when I was about 29, I wound up relapsing again. And then I, at that point, I just wound up staying on this path of self-destruction until I changed my life in 2009. How did that and happen? And what my life looked like uh-huh. um, when I relapsed then and left my ex-husband, my life looked like just uh, ripping and roaring and and just every day, you know, just being high. And it's, you know, trying to just stay away from the pain that you feel inside. Mm-hmm. I had all this stuff that just, you know, I felt like unworthy and, you know, I had been through a, a lot of trauma at that point also. So as mm-hmm. a child, I had sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. And then I was, when I was uh, right before I got pregnant with my daughter, I had been kidnapped and raped. And then I sat there, I just kind of stayed on this path of self-destruction. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I relapsed, when I was married, I just kind of stayed on this self-destruction and um, I went on the run from a prison term. So it's just, you know, committing crime, going just all over, like doing white collar crime, you know, always making sure I had money for drugs mm-hmm. and went completely across the United States. I think I told you this, I went completely across the United States, just, you know, ripping and roaring, just, you know, committing crime all the way across the United States. And I, my thing was, okay, we're going to quit using me and my ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I needed to do, get away from everything, you know, like all of us that are, you know, have addiction, think that I'll move away from it. So went all the way to Florida, Fort Pierce, Florida, which is, I think it's like, I don't know, 2,500 miles away or 3,000 miles away. And I went there um, because I was actually running from a prison term. And so I, I went out there and thought, okay, I can do this. You know, we're, we're, we don't know anybody out here. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect opportunity. And, you know, we get to run a room and, you know, I'm cleaning houses and guess what? A Coke dealer moves in right next door, him and his girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what are the chances? So go figure. How the hell does that happen? Oh right. My God. And you're and trying so, to hide in, uh, in plain sight, trying to get things in order, running from a, <laughs> prison term and then there's drugs next door of the house you're cleaning okay is that crazy that's crazy (laughs) so so and of course you know they you know befriended you know my my boyfriend Mm. and and you know it was just on and and cracking you know and and literally (laughs) it, it was really and you know i tried you know to not use and stuff because i i really you know did want to change my life you know there was a part of me that wanted to but he was using and he was using a lot of the time and i didn't even know it and so you know it's just one of those things well then 
needless to say, we start doing crack. He starts doing crack and I'm like, oh no, that's, that's not a good drug for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sure enough, it had been years. I think I did it when I was, God, what was I? I must've been 42. I can't, I don't remember the dates well, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think it was, it was either 42, I think. And um, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna, you know, go ahead and smoke some crack. Uh-huh. And I did. And, and it was crazy because it took me instantly. Mm-hmm. My tolerance. You. Yeah. And my tolerance was all the way back to where it was, um, you know, when I used to, you know, before I had my daughter in, um, mm-hmm. in that era. And uh, it was, it was crazy. And, you know, that's just, that was just not ever a drug I could even function on. That was just like, Meth, I could somewhat function, but I'm going to tell you that stuff. I'd be so spooked. I would be afraid to come out of the damn house. Mm, paranoia. Um, the paranoia of it. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was horrible. But then we went and some stuff happened. We were growing pot out there in Florida also. Mm-hmm. And doing it kind of on a really big level. My ex-boyfriend, his boss had, you know, they were like into, into growing and stuff. And my ex-boyfriend, he was just like, oh yeah, let's do, let's do it, you know? And, and so that's what we wound up doing. Although there was a lot going on. Um, I was still cleaning houses, you know, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't get high like every day, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I tried not to do that. And then I also was working at a horse ranch. Because when I got to Florida, I was like, here I am clean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And my love of horses, I right. need to ride. Right. Because you've loved and them so, since a small yeah. child. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. And so I found a place and they let me come out there and ride. Um, and then they wound up having, letting us live there. But wow. yeah. I know. Isn't that amazing though? And it was this fabulous place, but yet, you know, there was still the house with the dealers. marijuana growing in it. So oh. there were, and he was kind of living like two sides, you know, mm. I'm trying to do this one thing. He's, he's kind of doing another and it wound up being a thing that me and him broke up. It was just a really Long story short, you know, he basically, uh, police came in at his grow house and uh, he tried to tell on me, like, it it just all kinds of crazy shit. Uh Yeah, I know, Uh right? So I wound up, they, for uh, whatever reasons, they did not keep me in, they, I was kind of really screwed up at that point. Like I had, you know, been like uh, self-inflicting pain upon myself. Mm -hmm. Like just, I was just torn. Mm -hmm. I was so torn and just so, uh, I I was just so torn. And so my mom, we'd been gone for, I'd been gone from California for five years. Mm -hmm. And so my mom came, I called her and I'm like, oh my God, the, you know, the police, they got uh, Jonah and they're mm-hmm. going to, you know, probably get me. I've got to get out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so I came back home then. My mom came out and got me. Wow. That was and, lucky. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was crazy. Like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. <laughs> my life. It my sounds life. like but, it's so amazing you're alive, but you got home. Yeah. That's good. Right? So, okay. I went back to California, but I was so crazy about this guy. Like, mm. 
Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, so, you know, even though we were broke up, I just, you know, begged him to come back out here and he did. And then, you know, once, you know, me and him together, were just like this really bad connection, you know, we mm -hmm. just, <laughs> and so we, I wound up relapsing when I got back out here mm -hmm. and sitting there and, you know, went right back to the same behavior crime yeah. Yeah. that we always did. You know, he uh. was really good at, you know, making IDs and all that kind of stuff. I was really good and ballsy going in and, and using them in stores. Of course, you know, uh, nine months go by that we're out here back to that lifestyle again. And he basically makes some really shitty work and sends me in a store and I get arrested. Oh. Well, I already had all these other things that I was running from, you know, I'm, I'm like, no, and I'm done. Right. I'm scared. Like, oh my God, I'm going to prison, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm not like this, you know, hardcore, like going to beat people up. That's, you know, not, not who I am, even when I'm using, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was just waiting to get sent off to prison. And I'm like telling him like, you know, just, you know, be there to, to take care of me, you know, like do whatever, be free, you know, don't be tied to me, but just, you know, take care of me um, while I'm locked up. And I got sentenced to three and a half years. And uh, of course I, I wasn't locked up more than a couple of months and, you know, didn't hear from him, <laughs> mm -hmm. which was devastating for me, mm -hmm. but you know, it, it, it was the best thing, you know what I mean? So I do, I do my term and uh, I, I sit there and I'm like, I'm super afraid when I go there, you know, cause all the <sighs> stories you hear and stuff like, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not this hardcore type person. Mm -hmm. And so I you're in there, jail or you're in prison? Yeah. Are you right. in prison? Yeah. I wow. was, I went to prison. Okay. So this is, yeah, I went to felony. prison. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, oh uh, yeah, I am. I have, I have 12 felons, 12 felonies. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. And so I, mm -hmm. uh, go there, but you know what? I, I like type really fast. And so they instantly pull me as a Lieutenant's clerk. Wow. And yeah, so I got lucky. So, uh, I just, you know, stuck to myself and did what I had to do to good get behavior. out of there. Good behavior. Yeah. Good behavior. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that's gotta be uh, terrifying was, was though. It was, it wasn't, there's terrifying things that go on in prison. You know, it's, it was terrifying. It, it, it truly was. But I sat there, you know, and at that point, honestly, I still didn't even realize like, you know, how selfish it was on my part, mm -hmm. you know, to keep living that lifestyle. And I, I think a lot of people that are in their addiction don't understand how selfish that is to your family, yeah. you know, to your kids. You just, it's selfish is what it is. At that point, you know, I still had the poor me mentality, feel mm -hmm. sorry for mm -hmm. myself. And I got out and he was, of course, you know, off, had a kid with someone else and, you know, doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, me, I was still like, you know, I still wanted to be with him, you know, love. all that. I still mm -hmm. <laughs> stupid. Right. <laughs> and, um, I sat there and, you know, we never got back together. Mm -hmm. You know, we sat there and, you know, hung out sometimes, but we never got back together. And there's just so much trauma, you know, there's just so much trauma. And that's mm -hmm. like, why I like one of the things that I like to share my story mm -hmm. is so, you know, people can see 
that they can change no matter what they've been through. And no matter how so long. I, I, yeah, right. And so I got out and I tried to stay clean, but I relapsed. Because and, were you clean um, in prison? Is there such a thing? In jail, in, in prison, it, yeah, I was. You, you were able to stay. Okay. I was, yeah. Okay. I never used anything. I didn't even smoke cigarettes in there. Because you could get anything um, in prison. Nothing. It's hard to stay clean and sober in prison, I would it imagine. It is, it is. But I just... You did. That I just... I, you know, there was a part of me that really wanted yeah. to be clean. You know what I mean? There was a part of me that really wanted to change my life. And so funny story, like mm -hmm. the people that knew, you know, that I was friends with in prison, you know, like I talked about like, because I'm clean. So when I'm clean, I have a different mindset. Mentality. You know? Sure. Absolutely. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I always wanted to do this horse program and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and I talked about it, but you know, it, when I got out, I, I only stayed clean for about a year and I relapsed again. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I trying to think, God, it's so, I, I mumble jumble, like the dates and stuff in my mm -hmm. mind. Um, so I was, Oh no, I got a, I got a violation, a parole violation. And I went back. And so I went back for a couple months. Back um, to jail back or again. back to prison? Prison. Oh, okay. Prison. Cause jail and prison, very yeah, different, went, aren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I, honestly, you got back? prison is like, yeah, I went back. So I got out again mm -hmm. and, you know, wanted to try to be, be clean again. Um, I'm trying to remember because I know what something happened. So it went, I went about a year and I got, I know it was, it was parole. They came in, something happened. They did a, they, they came into where I was at the house I was staying at, where I was taking care of my friend who had AIDS. I had right. talked to you a little bit about that. You were a caregiver. Uh, I, yeah. Yep. I was a caregiver for him. Me and me and this is another boyfriend, another wonderful boyfriend that I had. <laughs> and uh, and so um, and he was another one that's like, oh, that's hers. You know, that's that's a teller. You know, mm -hmm. all these people that think, oh, people don't tell. Yeah. Well, everybody always told on me, <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was a blessing. It was mm -hmm, a blessing mm -hmm. in disguise. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I got arrested. They said they found drugs in uh, my bedroom there at his house. And so I got locked up. And at that point, they did a violation, but they they sentenced me to, oh, drug court. Okay. And mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I sat there, it you know, going through, they, they let me out, right? And then going through, I was in there for a couple of months and then in jail. And then it went like, it, it seemed like a whole year, right? And um, before it got, before I got sentenced. Okay. And um, so that whole time, you know, I'm back in NA, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really like, I'm not messing up again. Mm -hmm. You know, this is it. Yeah. That was October 2nd, 2009. Cause that was, that oh. was the last time. That's that a I date used. you do remember. That's the day I do remember. <laughs> yeah. And so it, I, I had so been uh, going to meetings and stuff. And then when they sentence you, you have to go and you have to have talk to a psychologist and stuff mm -hmm. and they evaluate you sure. and see like what, you know, you should be sentenced to. And um, here I am like, yeah, I can show you. I've been going to all these meetings. I'm like doing really good with my life. And, and she's like, yeah, no, you're going to have to do an outpatient program. And I was so mad. 
<laughs> I was so mad. I was mm. like, are you serious? You know? And of course my mom was like, well, you know, that stupid fucking bitch. Right. You know, she was like, never supportive of you doing that. Right. Changed my life. Right. And so I, you know, what am I going to do? I have to do it. Right. You know? So I did. And, uh, I did that outpatient program for, uh, it was actually five months and I had to go there. Like, I think it was three times a week. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and, and still of course go to meetings and stuff. And I'll tell you what, that saved my life. It, wow. that program that I was so mad about having mm-hmm. to do, like, I always say that program saved my life for sure, because that's where I learned that I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only person that, you know, had all these feelings or mm-hmm. pain, you know what I mean? Because that's what I used to always think there's something wrong with me that, that I'm that you're broken, that like this. right? Yeah. And you need yeah. to be fixed and you're and, the only um, one. I learned that I wasn't, you know, right. that's huge. Yeah. And, and so I'm sitting there still talking, you know, in meetings about wanting to go volunteer mm-hmm. at, you know, a therapeutic writing program. Um, because I, I felt so good about it with the guy that I had been a caretaker for and mm-hmm. would take him out to see the horses and stuff. And so, but I was so ashamed of my, you know, being a felon, like I, and I knew that they asked that because I had looked online and stuff like the, the applications that you would have to fill out to Mm -hmm. become a volunteer at a place like that. And I was just like, oh my God, how, you know, I, I felt so, so much shame, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. behind it that I sat there and, and just, you know, I would talk about it in meetings, you know, and everybody'd be like, you need to just do it, do it, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And so um, it took me about a year. And then I finally did. I went over uh, to Giant Steps in Petaluma, uh-huh. a therapeutic writing program. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like going through the whole volunteer orientation. And I'm like, oh God, what am I, you know, I, I see that big question on the application and I'm like, oh my gosh, right. I don't fill it out. I just right. kind of leave it. Mm-hmm. And so I waited till the end. And then I asked to talk to the person putting the volunteer training on. And I went back and, and I talked to her and she was just like, was it a kid crime? And I'm like, no, it was for drugs mm-hmm. and, you know, white collar crime. And she goes, we would love to have you here with your experience. And wow. and so that's kind of was that boost that led me to fulfill this thing that I had always wanted to do since I was probably about 12 years old, have a program for like at risk teen girls that, you know, had been through trauma. It was just a kind of a passion. I had this passion ever since I was little, I could teach, you know, I could mm-hmm. teach people how to ride horses. And so that was where I started my journey with, you know, starting to get certified. I was cleaning houses at that time. Well, I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was cleaning to support myself because I didn't have. So you got to imagine like here I was, we made a lot of money doing what we did. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like no, you know, on the side of the road, homeless type lifestyle. It was a, You're a, a really, baller. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, um, and so for me, Mm -hmm. like I had to go to, I didn't have a car. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I had no nice clothes, you know, I had, I had lost everything, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I had to work my way up. Yeah. 
back up from there, like going to the Goodwill and stuff when, you know, I would never wear anything unless it came out of Nordstrom's or Macy's, Mm -hmm. you know, but I know that that now that that was what really truly, you know, was another piece of it that kept me on the right path. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, because I had to build myself back up in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I always said that I wanted, I felt like, you know, oh, I was kind of like a boss bitch, you know, with in the game, you know, and, um, and I wanted to be able to be that in the real world. And so that has kind of always been my thing that motivated me. Like I would honestly, you know, like anybody can be like that in the game. You know what I mean? Anybody can, like, you don't got to be anything special, you know, Mm -hmm. but to be a real business person, Mm -hmm. you have to be good. You know, you have to, I don't know how to explain it, but I wanted that, that to me was being somebody, mm-hmm. you know? So there was some motivation there, right? Yes. Really? It, mo- it motivated me. Yep. Mm-hmm. It motivated. I was like, well, if I could be that in the game, why couldn't I be that in real life? In a healthier right. game, right? Yes. 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 So I think that's the big piece right there. We talked a little bit about your mindset, you, that you had to have faith. Things will work out. Yes. You know, I mean... From a long history of shit not working out over and over again there. And because I got to speak to you, which is wonderful, you have this like contagious optimism when you don't have to. You can say life sucked and it's really dark and you could stay there and, and, and have a good reason to. But that's not what happens. This boss bitch is inspirational and a beacon now of hope and you know, no one can see you, but I can see you and you look amazing, like really sweet and you, you will help any little girl or a veteran have more confidence riding horses and have a different relationship with these horses. So tell me a little bit about things will work out. I mean, your organization, let's get to that because now you've done, you've had horse riding in and out of your life since a child. You've been able to help your your ailing friend get exposed to horses and you were able to, even in your darkest addiction, were on a ranch also. Yeah. So tell me a little bit how this came about your own program now, because you have one. Yeah, 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 I do. I do. So it was just kind of like this thing, like I had always been talking about having my pro of my own program, you know, right, since right. I was tw- like 12 years old, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I was in my 20s, like, you know. I got clean and I was like, you know, I'm going to, going to do a program, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was always there, you know, that desire when, you know, I finally made it happen. So I get, I get my, my therapeutic riding instructor certification and I'm there like, you know, working there for like a year and uh, I'm like, oh, cause my mom had a horse. Right. And so I'm like, oh, I'm telling everybody over there, oh, I'm going to have my own program. I'm going to open up my own program while you're at this other program working there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Right. uh Right. right. They were so supportive of me. Like, Uh I know they had to like, I know now they're probably like, Oh my God, you know? And they tell me like, we were like, okay, yeah. Right. Charlotte, you know? (laughs) And they go, but the cool thing about you is you really fucking did it. You did it. And you believed it though. Yeah. 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 Totally. You know what? Oh my gosh. I watch these different podcasts and they say like, you have to really believe something. You do. 
how it happened. You have to feel it. Yeah. So oh, that's interesting that that just came up. So yeah, I just did it. And I, I'm going to be honest with you because like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm book smart or anything like that, but I am driven by something inside me mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is. And when I get out of my own way, I am just guided on what I'm supposed to do. And so I can't never sit there and go like, yeah, you do this, 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 and this, you know, and study this. I just do it. It's like when I'm teaching, I'll meet somebody, you know, and be like, okay, am I going to be able to help them? I can't tell you like all the different things that I'm just guided of what to do with them. You know, and I, mean, I, I don't know, sh- I guess it comes from experience. That also, Maybe. but there's like this instinct you have yes you know from maybe that pain that you experienced yeah. who knows but this is kind of what's extraordinary is like your intentions were out there people are like sure sure charlotte whatever but yet you followed through i mean yeah. let's face it even in your darkest hours of using you always got your fix yeah. right you always knew how to get loaded yeah 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 right and now the always. switch and people in recovery kind of have a similar story if you can use your your power for good, right? Yes. You know how to hustle yes. like nobody's business, right? Right. You're a badass right. bitch. All of that. Yeah. You knew how to do it without offending people, charming, all of this stuff. So how do you yeah. do this for your own business for horses, right? And you've always wanted this program. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned a little bit about strength and kindness guides you. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. I think that if you're always trying to help that that is what guides us to the good and so like there were so many times when you know with the program I'm like oh my gosh I can't I can't do this anymore I have no money I have no one to help me right who's going to help me I don't have anyone to help me you know financially Mm -hmm. and um and so every time I said okay this is it I can't I can't do it Mm -hmm. you know I'm I'm can't do it and then always whenever I said that something would open up and be like no this is what you're supposed to do Charlotte and 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 that's how it's been every single time that's that's what happens to me when I'm like well I can't do this I just can't I don't I don't know how to make it work you know I just can't do it but something happens and something opens up and says no this is what you're supposed to do you know, so I believe, yeah, it's faith, intuition. Yeah. I feel like I'm just guided. And it's interesting because like just the other day, one of my volunteers, we were running the high school program. Mm-hmm. I run a continuation for a continuation high school in Napa. Nice. And it's it's mainly all boys. So there's about 12 to 15 kids that come out every Friday for three hours with me. Mm-hmm. And she's saying like, so, you know, I feel like there was something I, I wanted to take the, the boy and, you know, he and I was going to show him from start to to the end how to catch the horse and how to saddle the horse up. And the other boy came up and, you know, I felt like, you know, I'm telling him, no, I'm going to show him how to do it, you know. And I go, yeah, I go, but I go, maybe next time I go, because I know the boy that you're talking about. I go, he was with me last year. I go, so he knows how to do all that. Already. I go, so why not empower him to teach the mm. boy 
the other kid, you know? And she was like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, I go, I don't know how I know this, but that's what I'm always trying to do. I'm trying to empower these kids so that they know, you know, that they make a difference, that they can make a difference. And so I'm always trying to tell them like, wow, you're a good, you're a good teacher. You're a good leader. I'm always trying to let them know that. And they'll sit there and just look at me like, no one's ever said that to me before. Mm. And, you know, they, they all know my story because I'm open with it, with mm -hmm. them because they're, you know, really, they're all like on probation and stuff. Wow. And she was like, wow, I never even thought of doing it like that. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. she was like, yeah, I didn't even think of that to empower the other kid to help, you know? And so she goes, oh, I'm going to definitely, you know, remember that next time. Oh, I think um, that's so beautiful because that's kind of your message, isn't it? It's really yes, helping yes. and empowering people to find their own strength and their own kindness. Yes. yes. So that's awesome because that's one of many programs. Tell me again the, yeah. the name of your program and some of the programs. Like one, like today is actually Veterans Day. Yeah. Right. And you work with veterans. Is that right? Yes. That's I, happening. I do. I do. Share a little so bit. My program is Spirit Horse. Therapeutic Writing Center of the San Francisco Bay Area. Right. And so we work with special needs. We work with a lot of kids mm -hmm. and adults that have autism. Wow. We work with a lot that have anxiety. And then we're kind of different than other programs. So like a lot of programs, they're either like just regular writing lessons. They don't do therapeutic writing mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. if they're a therapeutic writing program, they don't do regular writing lessons. So my program, I wanted to be able to do both. Nice. And so, uh -huh. um, and I feel it's important to offer that because lots sure. of times you have um, families come in and so there'll be siblings. Mm. Well, one's maybe a therapeutic and maybe one isn't. And I'm able to offer them to ride together. Lovely. Tell me, me a little bit what is therapeutic riding? What's the difference Ther between therapeutic riding yeah. is where, you know, we work with special needs. So right. we work with a lot of kids right. that are autism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, they'll do exercises on horseback. Um, some of them, you know, we can get them um, where they can learn to ride by themselves. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even though it's called therapeutic riding, each lesson is still, we still want to empower that rider. And if we can get them to ride by themselves, that's going to always be the end goal. Got it. Um, Got it. Obviously not all can, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we're always trying to work towards that. Right. Because and that's, so right. That's different than like equine therapy where therapy. there's actually not riding. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. It okay. is different. So uh -huh. we do do some you know, groundwork stuff also, uh -huh. but we don't have per se at this point, although, you know, I keep putting it out there to the <laughs> universe that, you know, I would, you know, welcome a, a psychologist on mm -hmm. to come on board with us, you know, so that we could do some equine therapy, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. offer that out there. That's kind of a, a piece that we haven't fulfilled. And I've had some therapists mm -hmm. um, contact me and they're like, yeah, I'm all in, you know, and then you know, it just hasn't been the right time. And they were like, oh, no, we had to move or whatever. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. hopefully the right person will come in. 
Nice. So you do this for children. What other populations do you work with? You do these younger kids and then the high school program. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What other programs do you offer? I do adults also. We do also have writing lessons for adults also. Mm -hmm. We've done programs for women or teens also that have had trauma in there with PTSD. Um, it, It was such a Oh my gosh, one of them was just such a cool program. So we've we've done that. We also work with a, a lot of people that are in recovery are volunteering oh, nice. at our program. Also, and it's interesting because I think they come because they know my story, because you know, at this point I'm super open about my story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and then we also like even have some that come, you know, that have been through trauma and stuff that are there to volunteer also. And if anybody's listening to the podcast and you're there in the area, we are always looking for volunteers. Nice. Um, nice. Out of Spirit Horse. Tell me the story of the name Spirit Horse Writing Center. Where did that come well, from? Well, honestly, the n- name that I was first was called A Lot of Horseplay. And, um, uh-huh. But when I went to go back and get certified, I went back to a spirit horse center in Texas. And even though we're completely separate financially and stuff, that's where I got my 501c3 uh, nonprofit number Mm -hmm. under an umbrella with them way back then in 2012. And so it went from like, you know, a lot of horseplay, which is like, it's a fun name, you know, but it was kind of more like, no, you should be like more professional sounding and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I went ahead and went with the spirit horse, you know, but I'm now I'm just like, oh my gosh, that name is so darn long. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> longest name ever. Um, but yeah, we've done programs for kids that uh, have cancer. Um, oh. We've done a program for the school of the blind so, oh, you know what? Also, uh, I'd like to share. It's a new program that we've just started. Been nice. doing it for uh, since like June. Mm-hmm. And it's a geriatric program that we wow. do. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. so cool. That's amazing. Uh, Tell me so more about they that. They have care homes, convalescent homes, uh-huh. where they bus them out on Wednesdays um, to us. And I have all the mini horses out and they get to groom, they get to lead them around. Um, it's such a fun, they have lunch out there. Um, if there's, you know, time we do a craft. So do they get to pet the horses or they get, Oh no, they get to completely immersed with brushing them. Oh wow. The ones that are, are mobile. Uh Um, Uh they can lead them. Yeah. So the mini horses. Yeah, the mini That's horses. So that big great. Horses. And we you... have I have a bunch of mini horses oh, also. Lovely. So I have both. That's an amazing. So when you started, you had just one horse, right? Just one horse, yeah. And now you have oh how many horses? How many horses? Oh I have nine mini horses and um about <laughs> and I think there's like ten horses. Wow. So That's amazing. And then I have a miniature donkey and then I have some goats. <laughs> That's some amazing. goats and some pot belly pigs. Wow. That I, so I would it's, love it's to see cool that place. And I like it like that because uh-huh. we have like so much to offer for everyone, you know, that comes out there. Oh, and you know what? Another one we've done, another camp, we've done it for homeless. So wow. yeah, we've done camps uh, for the homeless population in Vallejo. 
in wow. yeah it was it was huge too it was like 150 people wow because yeah. the how would you describe the power of horses and humans tell oh me a little gosh, bit about so, that connection yeah 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 so horses what happens is oh my god it's four or five feet and if you're in that area of a horse their heartbeat will connect to your heartbeat yeah it's it's super powerful and that's the healing that they have on you mm -hmm. and horses they just like can regulate you to calm down kids that uh, are on the spectrum mm -hmm. it like it just instantly kind of just like calms them down you'll see them just kind of connect mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. focus so yeah the the healing of horses is it's just one of those really phenomenal things um, so you can just, you know, you don't even really have to touch a horse. You can just, like I said, be standing in the vicinity of like about four to five feet and their heartbeat and your heartbeat will connect together. Also, you can sit there and you can stick your hand under the horse's chest in the front and then take your other hand and like stick it on their belly, like halfway back. It's called like by the flank. Mm -hmm. And um, as you breathe, you can actually get your breathing and their breathing no, to connect man. and breathe at the same time. Yeah. Wow. Is it also true that they have a really good sense where you are? So if you're feeling anxious yeah. and they're 50 feet away, they can basically zone in and like, well, that person's anxious. Yes. Or they can yes. kind of sense the emotional piece of a they person. They totally can. They wow. totally can. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Such a so that, that's dynamic. why they're just so magnificent. I'm going to share with you a little thing. Mm -hmm. So we did this certification for facilitating, you know, like equine therapy. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, I'm around horses every day, right? right? I interact with them, have been mm -hmm. interacting with them for years. And so I'm always though, you know, when I hear, when I would hear people talk about how horses like in a setting with a psychologist, you know, how that works, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, how people like, you know, just start crying and, and just the emotion, right? And we're doing this uh, certification up on my ranch, right? And so we're, we're broke up into like little groups mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. one of us has to be the, the patient, you know, one's the therapist, you know, and everybody kind of has their little part and they're like, and I mean, these are my horses, right? So I've been mm -hmm. around them tons of times. And right. they're like, okay, Charlotte, you be the patient, you know, the the client. Wow. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And they're like, no, 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 do it, right? So then I'm like, okay, okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, pretend I'm somebody else, right? Because, you know, I'm like, if, ah, oh, girl, if I don't tell you, like, I like, I couldn't even pretend. <gasps> I like just instantly started having all this pain and emo raw emotion wow. come up inside of me, like just start tears pouring down. And here I am trying to pretend like I'm somebody else. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. I can't, I had to turn around and be like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. This is not the time or place for wow. me to go in and do this. So I'm telling you what, horses are truly healing, uh, right? magical. Wow. I mean, I was going to ask you about that because you're around them all the time and you are the face of this therapeutic setting and you have all these certificates and, and 30 years of teaching. I mean, you, you're a pro and still playing patients, yeah. 
but couldn't play patient and just all this stuff came out. So my hope is for you that you can do something like this when at some point for yourself. Oh my God. What do you I think? I hope so too. Like I have been trying <laughs> to find a therapist for uh -huh. so long. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I've been like, and then, you know, I know, I know that but I'm like, well, can't you just be my therapist? And they're like, no, Charlotte, I know you, we can't do that. That's <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, man, but I, I like you. I connect with you. Mm -hmm. So well, that's and really I have done therapy, you know, mm -hmm. but I never done it in that type of a setting. And I'll tell you what, it was powerful. I mean, powerful. you would know of all people since, yeah. I mean, that's your specialization is this arena. I think that's just a really powerful statement just to go, you know, you never know. Everybody yeah. is human and, and what these horses can do is tap into your own humanity. Yes. You yes. know, and strip you. Literally, yes. so you're just raw, but there's something beautiful in that, I'm sure. Yes. And it sounds, you know, there was some fear too. I mean, to emote so deeply and so quickly, I think that's where some people are like, oh, the horses are knowing what I'm going to do. It's weird and scary and they're really big. There's like 12 hands high. I don't know what that language is, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. close? Um, you know, they're... That's a pony. <laughs> okay. They're really big. You know, they're very yeah. magnificent, noble creatures and they are truth tellers, aren't they? Yeah. Totally. I think that's amazing. Um, so I appreciate you walking us through the the programs that you have. I wanted to ask you, what does recovery look like for you now? I mean, you've been in recovery for years now, a long time, since yeah. 2009, October 2nd. So the happy anniversary to you. Yeah, thank you. So what does that look like for you now? What does recovery mean to you after all these years? Uh, what recovery means to me now is never, ever accepting the lifestyle that I led before, mm -hmm. always trying to give back and help somebody mm -hmm. that that's like such a huge right. piece of who I am. If I can help somebody to help themselves, um, if everything that I have went through in my past, like the you know, the abuse as a child, you know, mm -hmm. being kidnapped, being raped, being yeah. kidnapped again, where I was held at gunpoint for 18 hours, like Jesus. all of the pain that I've been through in my life. Mm -hmm. If my story can sit there and inspire somebody to change their life, then it was worth everything that I went through, mm -hmm. you know, if, if I can make a difference. And so for me, recovery now is, you know, I'm trying to like always better myself. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always trying not to stay stagnant. Um, I am one of those people that works constantly. You do. Um, <laughs> I do. I know yeah. it's, it's something else. Um, <laughs> I want to give my granddaughters, mm -hmm. um, hopefully a more stable life than what I had, maybe mm -hmm. more healthy you know, obviously I'm not perfect. So, you know, I might yell too much sometimes or whatever, but I'm always, I am truly always trying to work on myself mm -hmm. and always, you know, help somebody else. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that's so important. You know, we, we have to always try to give somebody a hand up. So being of service, 
Um, Being of service, yes. Is important, clearly. And you're doing it in spades. You've been wanting to do that since you were 12. To yes. be of service. And you went through hell to get here. And here you are, which is really a privilege to be talking with you. So I appreciate you taking the time. You know, the holidays are coming up. Believe it or not, it's crazy. There's Christmas lights everywhere. It's weird. I I have a lot of feelings about that. However, people in recovery are struggling with sobriety. Holidays are really tough, right? Mm -hmm. And really hard. So what are some of the things that you would share with people who are struggling right now? Um, What would you advise them? People who experience like you. I would, I like would you. definitely say that if you're somebody, you know, new in recovery, like, you know, even the first five years, you know, definitely, you know, go to a meeting, reach out, you know, to somebody that has, you know, more time that can truly help you, you know, don't, don't be afraid to reach out and go to a meeting. You may not like the meeting that you sit in. You might, mm-hmm. oh, that's ain't for me, but you know what? Keep going until you find the right one because there will eventually be somebody sitting there that's maybe gone through what you're going through right now. And that person is going to give you the inspiration and the faith to not pick up. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think that's beautifully said. And so staying connected, right? Staying connected with the right people that have your best interest Right. Your ex-boyfriend, who you were madly in love with, didn't really have your best interests, did they? No, no, no. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, he definitely did not. (laughs) Right. And I think that's important. I feel like now it was a blessing in disguise. At at the time, it was so painful. Like, I I can't even, the pain that I felt over that, you know, but that's what had to happen for me to be who I am now. I think that's beautifully said. And and I think also, you know, healthy relationships, um, it's easy to relapse in unhealthy relationships. First, the behavior patterns happen, and then the relapse doesn't happen overnight, right? It's an accumulation of time. So healthy relationships, staying connected, going to meetings, being honest, you know, be of service um, are all really good things uh, for people to consider, especially during hardship during the holidays, which can be really painful. How do people reach you? And you are a nonprofit, so you're not even trying to make money from your program because you give. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. You know, we're, well, I mean, we are always looking for donations. You know, it is, it costs a lot to take care of the horses and stuff. Right, right. So, yeah, you could go to our website, which is Spirit Horse Bay Area dot org mm-hmm. and um, you could reach me through that um, you could reach me through my phone number which is 707-720-6360 well i think it was it's really important for people to know that for those of you that are in the bay area to take a look i am from the bay area so i'd love to mm-hmm. take a look at your program at some point so charlotte is there any last words that you would love to share with people about your program well, I want to share one other little thing just about myself yeah. and uh, an organization in Napa. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I, I would have never thought that this would have ever happened to me, but I am actually a Rotarian oh, okay. and I uh-huh. am uh, was made an honorary member of the Rotary of Napa. Congratulations. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, who would have ever thought that that would have (laughs) happened for me. So they've been, you know, a wonderful support of myself 
and my story and the program in Spirit Force. Oh, well, wonderful. I appreciate that shout out. I think that's important. And again, Charlotte is very involved in the community. High schools also wanted to acknowledge the the veterans that you're working with and going to work with in the future. And you are looking for grant writers. Is that true? Anybody? I I am looking for grant writers, yes. And also, you know, being it is Veterans Day, And we, you know, are trying to get our veterans program up and running. And we've done definitely in the past, we've done camps, you know, for military families, but we are really, uh, you know, I'm just putting it out there to everybody, (laughs) you know, if anybody is wanting to come and uh, be a part of our veterans program, it's completely free. It is a two and a half hour program you know, where you get to meet our animals, Mm -hmm. you can sit there and learn to ride if that's what you want. Uh, You'll get lunch with us. So you'll sit there, you know, with your community. So please definitely go to our website and send an email if you're interested. I'd love to have you. I think that's amazing. Again, connection, holidays, it could be a lonely time for many people, but it sounds like your program definitely is open to meet the community and meet their needs from a heart place, you know, and so also the horses, really quick, I wanted to address the type of horses you have, second chance horses. Speak a little bit before we end this. I think that's an important to acknowledge. Yeah, yeah. So I run the whole program using, um, I don't like to call them rescues, although they are kind of, but I like to call them second chance horses. (laughs) So I gave myself a second chance at life. And um, these animals are animals that were, you know, performance horses Uh and through injury, they weren't able to keep going down that path. And so they come into my program into spirit horse and through rehabilitation, and if they have the right personality, um, we are able to use them, and they get a second chance at life, and we're like that with our mini horses. We have a lot of mini horses also. We have nine, and they are more kind of ones that were kind of thrown away and had really bad abuse, and we give them a second chance uh, at Spirit Horse, and they give so many people children and adults, uh, smiles and love and yeah. So much joy. Well, I love that. I think that's a beautiful way to end. Charlotte, thank you so much. I wish you a happy and safe Thanksgiving and holiday season that's coming up. So thank you again. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's always um, like, I'm always like, why would somebody want to talk to me? <laughs> but thank you and happy holidays to you. Also, if you're ever out here, please give me a call and come and see the program and meet me in person. You bet. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to Recovery Plus Podcast, Fuck Yesterday, Focus on Today. I'm your host, Dr. Maylee Hennon, celebrating and honoring people in recovery one conversation at a time. This podcast is sponsored by Red Door Coaching and Consulting, and you can find my podcast on Amazon, Apple, and Spotify. Also, you can find me at my website at www.reddoorcc.com. You can email me at mhennon at reddoorcc.com if you're interested in transformational coaching. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.